This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So Jonathan K. writes, the purpose of this fund is not to advance an ideological agenda, except insofar as the protection of due process, freedom of speech, and freedom of intellectual inquiry may be taken to represent matters of ideological preference. Now, this is, is part of the description on this GoFundMe page that he's set up. It's getting a lot of attention today. Because it's not about raising money for any one person or any one specific cause per se. But it's about having some money set aside in case it's needed. And I suppose it's only a matter of time before it is. As he notes, a number of Canadian academics, artists, authors, journalists, politicians recently been targeted by ideologically motivated mob attacks on social media. In some cases, these attacks have led to the threat of job loss and have continued even after the mobbing target has been largely cleared of significant wrongdoing by a neutral fact finder. And sometimes it does feel like that. This, this pile-on, this, this mob mentality on social media can have all kinds of consequences that are maybe not entirely fair, or perhaps in some cases not fair at all. So how does one fight back, or at least defend oneself? And I think that's, that's part of what this is about, raising some money, getting a prominent labor and employment lawyer involved, so that should it be necessary to step in, there's an ability to do so. Jonathan Kay, a Toronto-based uh, journalist, columnist, and author, joins us. You can find us, by the way, GoFundMe.com slash John Kay. John, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting campaign in that it's not for something in particular, but tell us a bit more about your, your thinking behind this. So um, in the last year or two, there have been a few episodes um, where... Typically, it's an academic um, or a journalist. Uh, in some cases, it's actually been a politician uh, who has said something or done something um, or done something on social media, for instance, and the mob has, has truly come after them. And some, sometimes it's, it's, they've done something truly stupid and, and bad and they've apologized. And, and you know, some, sometimes the mob is right. There have been a few instances, however, that have, have, have troubled me quite a bit where you've had individuals who, um, who had their day in court and were exonerated or the university had some kind of fact-finding procedure and d- determined there was no significant wrongdoing, but the mob kept coming after this individual and they were threatened with job loss and um, they had difficulty defending their rights uh, because even their employer and even their union, in one case that I'm thinking of, um, seemed prepared to roll over to the mob. Uh, and just because I'm in the media like you, I sometimes have opportunities to talk to these people and uh, they don't have the funds in many cases to protect themselves legally. You know, it can cost thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 just to do a simple defamation case in some cases if it goes to trial. Um, and they had nowhere to turn. Uh, I've been, I, 
last year I was through something like this a little bit, sort of a minor league version, and I, I came out on the right side of it. I was very lucky, uh, but I know other people aren't as lucky, and I wanted to create a fund to help those people. Well, and you can understand why, right? Because, uh, like you say, I mean, uh, you know, these people are suddenly caught in the midst of something. They don't know where to go. They don't know where to turn. They don't necessarily have any help. I I, I can envision what this would be, but, I mean, wh- what do you envision? I mean, it, it does seem perhaps a, a little bit a little bit vague in terms of how we're defining, you know, a, an ideological mob, right? What, what, what yeah. would be an example of this? And that, So that's by design. And so um, if you look at my GoFundMe page, I deliberately did it in a somewhat vague way because uh, I didn't like the way some of these campaigns are done in a highly attention-seeking way. Um, in, in other media, I'm, I'm thinking, I'll, I'll be specific a little bit, you know, uh, Ezra Levant at The Rebel, uh, especially in the early days, there were some of his campaigns I actually did agree with. I think he became more extreme as the years went on. Uh, but when he worked at, the, at, at a magazine called The Western Standard or um, The National Post, he was very good at getting attention for this kind of cause, and sometimes he'd raise money. But it was often like, you know, there were T-shirts, and it was kind of like he'd have live events. And it was there was a lot of, like, attention-getting, and sometimes, you know, you'd have someone who you'd bring out uh, as a sympathetic figure, like the victim of a mob, and you put them at the center of attention. I didn't want to do that because, first of all, I don't want this to be about me. It's not about raising money for me. In fact, on my website, I make it very clear that I've donated a substantial amount of money, but it's being run at arm's length by a law firm. Um, And I also, once you start introducing a lot of hoopla and you start getting specific about, oh, this is the sort of person we want to defend, then it gets political. Because if I'm defending someone on the left, then that means it's a left-wing site. If I'm defending someone on the right, it's a right-wing site. I didn't want this to be political. I want this to be about due process because mobs can come from the left and mobs can come from the right. And, um, you know, we're supposed to be protected by things like unions. But people who run unions, they're scared of Twitter, too. Uh, in one case that inspired me to do this, you know, there was a guy and he was he, he technically he didn't have to spend a cent to defend himself against a university uh, because he got union representation, legal representation. Uh, but it became clear that that the union was compromised because uh, ideological matters and they were scared of how their involvement would be perceived. So, um, you know, it, it seems like he's going to have to go outside that system to get legal representation. Uh, but as I say, it's not a left-right thing. It's a due process thing and a presumption of innocence thing. Right. I mean, you, you may find yourself in a position, though, potentially where you, you are defending someone who's maybe done or said something that's uh, distasteful, maybe worse. I, I think we do see these situations where someone tweets something that maybe they, they shouldn't have, and maybe was offensive, or maybe was, say, racist. And then it's just this, this enormous pile on that seems really disproportionate to the original sin. Yeah. And that's why it's important to, um, and I think our society was once very good at this, but we've lost touch with it, which is compartmentalizing the substance and the procedure. Because um, sometimes you can completely disagree with the substance of what somebody is saying, but you you want them to get the procedural rights and the due process, uh, an opportunity to be heard. Um, uh, the, one example, for instance, like I disagree, for instance, with the BDS movement against Israel, uh, that's boycott, divestment, and sanctions. I, I think it's, I don't agree with it. On the other hand, uh, if I saw that a student was being like expelled or suspended or stigmatized because, you know, they organized a pro BDS rally or something like that, like that's exactly the sort of thing that I would 
um, that I would oppose. I would want to support that student, even though I completely disagree with BDS. Uh, by the same token, like James Damore, um, he's the guy who wrote that Google manifesto, right. that's an American case, he was fired by Google. Um, you know, the way he went about it, a lot of people thought was, was wrong. But I've spoken to experts, uh, you know, in the field of neuroscience and stuff that say, like, a lot of the things he wrote in that memo weren't, you know, he was insensitive about it, but it was inaccurate and it was wrong for him to be fired. At the end of the day, I, he's, he's the sort of guy who I would have liked to see him get um, a little bit, I would like to see the way he was treated not be a response to the mob, because the mob did come after him on social media, but a more considered process where there were people who were representing his views. Um, if at the end of the day, Google said, you know what, we've looked at all the evidence and we're still going to fire him, that's their right. Um, but right now, I think there are decisions being made on campuses. I think there's decisions being made by political parties. And there's decisions being made by media outlets sometime on the basis of what the mob is saying, whether the mob is right or whether the mob is wrong. How are we defining mob, by the way? I mean, it, it certainly seems as though we're, we're, we're describing something that's acting in unison. Um, you know, if, if Rob Breckenridge says something controversial and John Kay says, Rob, you're wrong, and a hundred other people say, Rob, you're wrong, am I necessarily the, the victim of a, a mob attack? To me, the definition of a mob is that they demand that the normal procedural rules uh, by which we govern people get suspended. And like, I'll give you an example, is that um, uh, the, uh, the former Attorney General of Ontario, a guy by the name of uh, Michael Bryant, uh, he, um, he was charged with uh, a vehicular homicide, I believe it was, back in 2009. Uh, there was a bike courier, there was an altercation on the street. Um, he was driving a car as a convertible. I'm not sure how much news this made in the rest of the country. It was a big case in Ontario. And he was charged with uh, two counts, but the prosecution, after eight months, decided that they didn't have a case, and the case ended with him being a free man. He had his day in court. He's as innocent of, of that crime as you and me. And yet, after that, the mob still came after him and is now demanding that he be fired from his new job. He, he got a job as head of the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. And... You know, I, I will debate people and I say, but like, there was a legal proceeding. He's, he's, he's innocent of it. And they will say, no, you know, we're just, we're so furious about it. We don't care. We want him, you know, we, basically they want his life ruined. And that, that usually is what the mob wants. They don't care about the presumption of innocence. Uh, another example we're seeing, of course, here is people demanding that uh, GoFundMe, which is the website people use to raise money, it's the same website I'm using, that eliminate the uh, delete the campaigns that are being used to raise money uh, for Mr. Stanley, yeah. uh, who, who was acquitted of the crime, of the, that tragic case where uh, he shot um, the Aboriginal victim, uh, and and he was acquitted. And people are demanding that GoFundMe delete that account. But to me, that's that is an example of the mob coming after someone because no matter what you've done you have the right to represent yourself in court and you have the right to raise money to represent your, yourself in court. And, and that to me is the sign of a mob that they're saying we are suspending the normal rules that govern how we determine who is innocent and who is guilty. Right. Well, so far, this has just been a day. It's now over $6,000 raised, so so a pretty good response so far. And you've also enlisted a, a fairly well-known uh, labor and employment lawyer, Howard Levitt, to, to assist in all of this. Yeah, and I should say, I mean, Howard Levitt, Howard Levitt is a, you know, in Jewish community, we say he's a real mensch. Uh, he's, you know, he's, for a couple of months, he and I were doing this informally. Like, we were doing this um, 
you know, people were coming to me and coming to him, and we were sort of advising them. Uh, I'm a lawyer, but I'm not admitted to practice in Ontario. He's uh, he's one of the most famous lawyers in Canada. Um, and because of this, it was like, I mean, for me, I you know, I often would get a, get stories out of this. I'm doing my job. For him, though, he's you know, he's a lawyer who probably bills at $1,200 an hour, and he was spending a lot of time on this. And and we eventually we said this is unsustainable. We can't just do this on a casual basis where it's just charity for your law firm. Because his law firm was kind of doing this on a charity basis. We have to be a little bit more structured. Now, Howard's not going to be charging $1,200 an hour for these cases, but he needs some way just to recoup his costs, whether it's travel, office fees, filing fees, or something like that. So we're actually not even looking to raise a lot of money. I I think $15,000 was the target I put on this. But $15,000 can go a long, long way when you've got a top lawyer like Howard Levitt working at an extreme discount because often with a lawyer like that all it takes is one phone call to uh make the case be resolved in a um in a just manner well the campaign is called helping victims of ideological mobs gofundme.com slash john k j-o-n uh k-a-y and uh folks can find out more there john thanks so much for joining us here today really appreciate this thanks for taking the time all right, there you go. Uh, that's author and journalist Jonathan Kay. Uh, an interesting GoFundMe campaign, gofundme.com slash John Kay. A lot more still to come with the program here today, but before we go any further, it is time now for Great Ideas, brought to you by Park2Go Value Valley. No need to search for an empty parking spot with door-to-door drop-and-go valley service. Reserve and save at park2go.ca. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.